Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thank you. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. If you miss any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast and get beating the book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got hardwood handicappers, the Lombardi line, follow the money, coast to coast hoops, and more. They're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in to Follow the Money, Hour 3, alongside Super Bowl champ Sean King. I'm Stormy Bonantoni filling in for Mitch and Polly. And we get to welcome in now VP of Operations here at Circa, Mike Palm, also host of Odds On on the network. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning, Stormy. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Bethlehem, New Hampshire. All of our loyal Ness and viewers watching this morning. Joy, Illinois, Peekaboo Marquee. We see you, Noelleville, Ontario, all our friends in Canada on rogersports.net. Nazareth, Pennsylvania, AT&T, we say good morning, and Hallelujah Junction, California, on Spectrum. Good morning and Merry Christmas. That was like a Christmas play, like Nazareth and Bethlehem. I picked all the the Christmas names. Nobody does. Santa Claus, Indiana, but they're too far south, they don't get marquees, so I had to go to Joy on the western side of Illinois. I I wish I could be from Joy. Hi, my microphone from Joy. But you are Joy. You don't have to be from Joy. You are Joy. Joy, pump it up, pump it up, and pain. Come on, come on. Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah. And And rain. rain. Oh, my gosh. I wish wish so much that our listeners were also with us in the breaks because every single commercial break we have had, Sean's been out here singing Christmas music. Um, You've been getting wild all morning, and I'm here for it. 
so much. Well, you only live once. You have to enjoy life. One of the most enjoyable things about this existence is song. So I really love music. I think one of the more enjoyable things about this existence is also football. It is. And um, the interesting thing about the Circa uh, Circa Survivor Contest this year is that Christmas is its own Mm. week. So 16 Mm. contestants remaining. How dicey are things getting this week? Well, I mean, with all the COVID news and the movements, one of the things we feared was with them moving the Browns to Monday. We just hoped they wouldn't move the Browns then back a day with the game with the Packers Mm. to Sunday. But, I mean, it's a national game. Uh, on Christmas Day, but because that would have moved it out of the window, right? So here we are set again with the second three-game window and only 16 entrants and 16 people remaining. Remember last week we had 23, but 21 people, two had two entries. No more. Mm. Everybody's on a level playing field, at least in terms of number of entries. 16 left, and where do you turn? You know, tonight's a tough game. If you have the Packers and eight of the 16 do have the Packers, I think that's an autoplay. Mm -hmm. I'll be shocked if I don't see... Eight Packers when Jeff Benson right. uh, makes, you, you have to, I feel makes like. these announcements. But then where do you go if you don't have the Packers? Because nobody has the Colts, right? No Colts. Cards, I don't know. I mean, the Colts will be favored by the time the game starts, I right? Agree. I uh, remember when I was in the Survivor Contest before I got bumped out by that unfortunate tie that, you know, we were all talking about making sure we saved the Cardinals. Like, that was a priority. And now that pick looks more and more scary. Right, because at the beginning of the year, you thought Green Bay-Cleveland, what a great game this is going to be. Maybe two division winners, right? That's yep. going to be a tough game. And Arizona starts out the year on fire. The Colts are struggling. At the beginning of the year, you thought that the Cardinals would be a touchdown favorite. And, and now you roll into the game, and it's going to be a pick em or, or or maybe the Colts. I want to stress a couple things. If you're using uh, tonight's game, you got to get in the play before kickoff. If you're using one of the Saturday games, you have to get the play in by 10 o'clock Friday night. Okay, that's the, the survivor deadline. It's a unique week, 10 p.m. Friday night, and then at midnight... Sunday, Saturday night into Sunday, on your app and on the kiosk and at the windows, the survivor picks for Sunday will be available, and they must be in by 9 a.m. Sunday morning. So you have a nine-hour window to get your play in for those that survived the three-game window. All right, just repeat that because you don't want to be that entry, okay? You have to get it in by kickoff today if you're choosing the 49ers or the Titans. If you're going to pick one of the four teams that are playing in the two games on Saturday, that is entry has to be submitted by 10 p.m. These are Eastern Pacific 10 p.m. Pacific on Friday. All right. If you're fortunate and it's only 16 of you out there to make it through this Christmas week, you there will be an opening at midnight on Saturday to submit Sunday's entry. So don't fall asleep at the wheel. If you pick the right team on tonight or Saturday, you still have another play. So by 9 a.m. Sunday morning, your play for Sunday's list of games has to be in. Listen, 1,000 to win 6 million. Don't let your nightlife impact your day life now. I know it's the holidays. That eggnog can get flowing and you wake up later on Sunday than normal. So make sure you're up and at it. And good luck. What an accomplishment to even get this far, especially in this crazy season. My condolences to anyone who had Arizona. I think there were five of the 23 that selected the Cardinals. But blame damn Campbell in the tears. I mean, you got to place it somewhere. Derek Stevens called this all week long, said that the Lions were going to beat the Cardinals. I said, you're going to take 13? No, straight up. Wow. Said it on Gil's podcast, talked to you about it on Thursday afternoon, talked about it again Sunday morning with Femi. He was on the Lions, and he was right. Now, for those that get to Sunday, 
When you look at the teams that are a touchdown favorite or more in the matrix, eight people have the Eagles left over the Giants. Three people have the Buccaneers left. Now they're on the road against the Panthers. Nine people have the Chargers who are at the Texans. Zero have the Cowboys, so forget about that game. You can't use the Cowboys against the football team. And two people have Kansas City left playing Pittsburgh. Remember, and I, I won't say can't, but I don't think you should factor in trying to win that extra million dollars with the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Use it where you need to use it to get there, right? And then worry about the money. Well, especially, I think, considering the pitfalls that Tampa Bay has had in certain instances. Mm-hmm. We all know what happened last week with them getting shut out with something that has not happened to Tom Brady in 15 years. But, um, you know, that's a team that's had highs and lows this year. But this is a matchup against Carolina that feels like one of those games you should take. I, like, I feel like if I was still in right now, that's where I, I would couldn't go. sleep if I had to take the Bucks. Because they're not really the Bucks. But the Panthers yeah. aren't really the Panthers. I know, but no Chris Godwin, <laughs> no Mike Evans, no Leonard Fournette. Like, the injury that, because I'm from there, so I have inside information. That Mike Evans might, right? Hamstring, their contract situation was bothering him early in the year. I just can't see them risking him, like, legitimately pulling it and being out for the playoffs. But the comfort level that Tom Brady has with Leonard Fournette, there's a reason Ronald Jones gets very limited snaps. Like, Leonard has become Tom's safety net. He understands the pass protections. He's very good at spacing in the passing game. That's a huge absence, you know, because you think about it, he's become an integral part of what they've done, you know, the last three, four games. So they got some key components out. You know, I'm scared. To, uh, Levante David is going to miss the game. Now, I'm not pro Panthers here, but I'm saying this isn't like the – Full throttle, gas tank full of I agree. petrol bucks. But at the same time, you know how angry they must be. You know how angry Tom is. We saw him chuck his Surface Pro. Like, I do not want to be on the other end of that. I think that their defense did its job, right? Yeah, they Against, played their butt off. Yes. yes. And yes. so I anticipate that to happen again. Give Cam Newton or Sam Darnold, uh, whoever. It seems like they're probably going to do a mix and match situation here with him being available to come back. Cam Newton can't really, he's not his old self. He can't move the ball. I just, I, for me, I think that Tom Brady and the Bucks are going to be ticked off and they're going to have a good day. You know who should get credit on that Sunday night game? The New Orleans Saints organization, who are one of the few teams left that still kick field goals. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah, that, that, that game, we could still be good. You know what I mean? I want to ask you this, Sean. Now, God went out, Evans. How close did it come in Tampa Bay to them just saying, Enough is enough, Antonio Brown, with this. No, nah, it was man. never even never a thought. Never going to be happening. Never a thought. Nope. And, and when he first signed with Tampa, it was all because of Tom. Yeah. Tom vouched for him. But understand, he was coming off of the incident at his home, you know, all the mm-hmm. weird things, let's just say, that were going on in his personal life. So Bruce was very honest and upfront. We don't have history together here, so you're on a short lease. But – since that initial signing, they won a championship, and he was a big part and reason of that. They've come back. They haven't had any issues. So that's why Bruce was not anywhere near the same you know, level of stress and, and patience that he was initially. So Antonio's fine. He's going to be available. Again, the Bucks got a lot of older components. You get old, you, hey, your back hurt a little more than it used to. You, know, you have to stretch a little longer, and I think that's what you're seeing happen. They're the older team. You know, so it's very important that even if they lost the rest of the regular season games, they want to be ready week one of the playoffs. And so I just be very careful and I make sure I know who exactly is going to play in Tampa. I agree for the second game against the Panthers. 
So let me ask you this. If you have the Raiders available and it's announced that Teddy Bridgewater is not going to play, is that a viable option in Survivor, a Drew Locke quarterback Broncos team Mm -hmm. on the road against a Raiders team coming off of a win against Cleveland, no matter how ugly? It's like both of our faces are like, I don't know, because can you rely on the Raiders to put up 24 points against that Broncos defense? I don't know. And is there that big of a drop-off? To lock? I mean, this was the quarterback competition. Oh, yeah, that's like me pulling up on a Lamborghini you're, you're really, you're and, and you're getting out of a yeah. Fiat. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah, Drew Locke's awful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's bad. It, it, it took Vic a little while to decide that. I mean. Uh, right. They also started Trevor Simeon for a couple years. <laughs> they did. They, I know. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, the Broncos are a weird team. I just can't trust. I can't trust the Raiders at all at this point in the year. I know it's been. I was so happy for them to be able to get the win this past week. They needed it as bad as anybody in terms of the playoff picture, in terms of them just feeling good about themselves. But I can't trust that team. No, it's, it's very tough. The one thing they have, though, if, in close games is, you know, I put Daniel Carlson right there with well, Tucker. And clutch. He, he is really clutch. And, you know, was there any doubt he's going to make that kick to win that game, even outdoors? None. And none. Both of them. Yep. This is the most obscure thing ever, but if you take the name off of the Jets uniform, you get a Jaguars team that just got pummeled by the Texans, going from 78 in Jacksonville to probably 20 in New York. There's no chance they show up and play. Words hurt. People are mad at you listening to that statement. When we come back here on Follow the Money, no hyperbole, award-winning segment with Mike Palm. Don't go anywhere. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What a graphic. No hyperbole with Mike Palm. Words cannot describe how excited Sean King and I are to hear this bad boy for the first time. Award-winning segment. Take it away, Mike. Oh, the writing is world-class. All right, let's start with number five. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of an extra point. Liberty met Eastern Michigan in the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama this past Saturday. Liberty led 7-3 late in the first quarter when Skylar Thomas had a 27-yard pick six of Eastern Michigan quarterback Ben Bryant. Liberty kicker Braden Beck missed the PAT wide left, leaving the score 13-3. Up 13-10 with 12 minutes left in the first half. T.J. Green ran it in from 34 yards to give Liberty a 19-10 lead. This time, Beck pushed the PAT wide right. But wait, Eastern Michigan had too many men on the field on an extra point. That should be no hyperbole by itself. (laughs) So another attempt at the extra point from even closer. Now an 18-yard field goal instead of a a 19-yard field goal attempt for the extra point. But what does Hugh Freeze do? He's not going to let Beck miss three in a row. He's going to bring in his freshman place kicker, uh, Jason Stricker. And Stricker promptly bangs it off the left upright. No good. Liberty missed three consecutive extra points. Yikes. No worries, though. They ran Eastern Michigan out. Boy, is this Mac bad this year. God almighty. It is Thank awful. God you, haven't, you didn't was, have to do any of their games. I didn't. Yeah, I'm in the pack, not the Mac. But you've been piping up the mac no, I'm not a big Mac fan. The <laughs> good right. thing if you do sideline for the Mac is that you don't have any issue being heard because you probably like wow. 12 people at the game. Number four, <laughs> Arthur Smith, two, on the rocks. Atlanta Falcons head coach Arthur Smith made no hyperbole earlier this year. When up 26-14 in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins, he did not go for two. On Sunday in San Francisco, his refusal to take points on multiple occasions lands him back on our naughty list. After recovering a 49er fumble on the opening kickoff, Atlanta had first and goal from the one. After review of a Cordell Patterson touchdown that didn't break the goal line, the Falcons failed to get it in on a pass attempt on second down and another Patterson run on third down. Smith goes for it on fourth down with an incomplete pass. I don't understand what's wrong with taking a three-point lead, and that's why. Were you going to knock the 49ers out up 7 nothing with 14 minutes left in the first? But more egregious is the fourth quarter. They're down 31-13, to and they have a fourth and one on the eight-yard line with 12 minutes to go in the game. 
You know the 49ers can run the ball and run time off the clock, and you're down three scored. You must kick a field goal to make it a two-possession game. Nope, they go on fourth down again. And then again with five minutes left, they have, you know, fourth and one at the seven again. They go and they don't make it. 0 for 3 on fourth downs, all inside of the eight-yard line. Hey, mm. Mike, field goals don't win games. Yeah. If you don't know that, you Ar- don't know football. Arthur Smith. I'm not an analytics Lumber guy Cole. at all. I wish they would take analytics and put it in the trash. Number three, what Brown can't do for you. The Cleveland Browns game with the Las Vegas Raiders was delayed from Saturday until Monday due to the COVID outbreak in the Browns organization. The Browns were without starting quarterback Baker Mayfield, backup quarterback Case Keenum, leading wide receiver Jarvis Landy, Javadian Clown and head coach Kevin Stefanski. Despite being forced to use Nick Mullins at quarterback, the Browns found themselves with the ball and leading 14-13 with under three minutes to play after Greedy Williams intercepted Derek Carr's deep pass. All that stood between Cleveland and a three-way tie in the NFC North for first place was one first down. After Nick Chubb runs of two and five yards and the Georgia tailback had 23 carries for 91 yards in the game and a score, the Browns faced third and three from their own 30 with 2.31 remaining. The Raiders had exhausted all three timeouts. What Browns offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt and acting head coach and special teams coordinator Mike Prefer couldn't do when staring into that Raiders nine-man front was find anything other than Chubb off tackle. No play action, no bootleg. The Raiders swarmed Chubb for no game. The Raiders got the ball back, and Daniel Carlson kicked a 48-yard field goal at the gun to keep the Raiders' faint playoff hopes alive. Asked after the game, head coach Kevin Stefanski said, the hope is that you would put the ball in Nick's hands at that point, and the offense could find four yards. It did not happen. Obviously, frustrating. Oh, <laughs> number you get, two. You get the pick yeah. and then three and out? Come on. Number two, a real Hobson's choice. In another game delayed due to COVID issues, the Rams hosted the Seahawks on Tuesday at SoFi in a game that kicked at 4 p.m. local time. Let's start right there. The exact same time as the football team game with Philadelphia. Awful. Roger Goodell. You couldn't have staggered the starts of these games. The Fox Tuesday night lineup is so popular on the West Coast that this game had to be played at 4 o'clock. Give me a break. Now on to the game. Let's fast forward to 321 left. Seahawks trail 17-10 and face 4th and 6th from midfield. Russell Wilson's pass to DJ Dallas was broken up by Rams linebacker Ernest Jones, who absolutely ran through Dallas a full second before the ball arrived. Yet, no flag. No call. What are you doing, Sean Hockley's crew? 28 accepted penalties in Dallas on the Thanksgiving Day game, and they were back at it again with another 25 in Cincinnati in the game against the Chargers the next week. And in this biggest moment of the game, the biggest play, they come up empty. On Tuesday night, in fact, we had games officiated by Sean Hockley and Tony Carinti going on simultaneously. A friend called and asked me which one is worse. I said, I don't know, but I wouldn't want to live on the difference. You know who's the crew tonight? Who is it? Hockley. Oh, God. Short rest. (laughs) Short short (laughs) rest. Um, And finally, number one, the paralyzing cold. A week ago on Thursday, the Chargers took on the Chiefs at SoFi Stadium. The game was for first place in the AFC West, and over 70,000 fans packed the arena embraced the frigid condition in the Dome Stadium as temperatures in Englewood, California plummeted into the low 50s. Just 90 seconds into the game, Chargers tight end Donald Parham Jr. hit his head on the ground while attempting to catch a fourth and goal pass in the end zone. As he lay motionless on the turf with his arms locked in a fencing uh, position, 
Fox camera zoomed in on his face and showed that his eyes were closed. Parham was immobilized and taken from the field on a stretcher. His arms shook as he was wheeled into the locker room. When Fox's Aaron Andrews relayed an update from the Chargers that Parham had been taken to the hospital for further evaluation, the broadcast showed a close-up slow-motion replay of Parham's arms shaking. And that's when Fox play-by-play man Joe Buck brought up the weather as a potential explanation. Quote, The last thing we would ever do is to speculate about an injury, especially that type. When you see his arms shaking and his hands shaking on his way out, that's the part that's most unnerving. I will just add this. It is very cold, or at least by Los Angeles standards down on the field. Hopefully that was the issue and nothing more. So I was in the car listening to the radio broadcast of this game at that point. I did not know he said that. Poor Aikman, what's he going to say at that? But what a ridiculous explanation. Buck's been calling NFL games since 94. You don't speculate on a head injury. A guy could have a brain, a paralyzing injury. He says it's 50 degrees and they're playing in a dome. That's inexcusable, and that's no hyperbole. Where does that come from? The crazy thing for me when I watched it was it wasn't like severe contact. He wasn't even really touched. He just went down. And I bring, I blame Coach Staley because the field goal team should have been on the field. It was on fourth down, first drive of the game. Of course, Staley thinks he's smarter than everybody else. But he was in the back of the end zone. He jumped up. He caught the ball. There was minimal contact between him and the defender, and he kind of fell, and his head hit the ground, but it wasn't like one of those violent, mm-hmm. and then like he just was stuck. Like, he didn't move for, had to be a good 40 seconds. It, it was like rigor mortis. I yeah. mean, his body was like that. I never seen a guy with his eyes closed just stuck. Like, but. Yeah. By the way, I'm with you 100% on the analytics. It's such a crutch. It allows guys to make boneheaded decisions and then blame something else for the reason why they did it. So did you hear Staley's comments, though, about real football people? Yeah, that's what I, when, like. I, when, I, when I made that comment, yeah. that's what I was, in, I was acting like I was yeah. Coach Staley. Field goals don't win games. Real football people, no, get the hell out of he Dodge. He wants to make it about him yeah. and his decisions. And you know what I don't the like? Players. They try and control the discussion. Harbaugh versus Green Bay. He made the whole thing about going for two. I never problem with him going for two. My issue was you're starting your backup quarterback, first series of the game, you drive all the way down, you're on the Green Bay five. You gain two yards on first down, you go incomplete on second, incomplete on third, kick the field goal. That was the issue I had with the game management, not the, okay, the game, we're down a point, we're going to go for two and win it. I disagree with Harbaugh going for two to win only because there were still 41 seconds and a timeout. And I think Rodgers very capable of going down, leading them down there to kick a field goal. Staley's worst aggression was the last play of the first half. When right. Went, you, what advantage right. is there if you don't make it? Yes. You're not leaving him on the one. The yes. half is over. Take the point. That was six points in a game that ended up tied in regulation. Two chip shot field goals. They're first in the division if he kicks those field goals. Yeah, no question. You can't do it. Hey, everybody, what do you want from your sports but great odds? Fast and easy live betting? Sounds like... You don't want to just bet, am I right? 
You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, you get great odds and great payouts. All in fast and reliable sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code VEASAN2K to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000 plus as the official sportsbook partner of NBC Sports. PointsBet's giving you a free $10 live bet to use during Sunday Night Football every week for the rest of the regular season. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral service. Mike Com. You're going to hang out with us for the rest of the hour. Yeah. The rest okay? of the show. For the rest of the show. The rest of the show. He's stuck with us. More Follow the Money on the other side. Follow the Money on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast. Rolling along on a Thursday, follow the money. Story by Tony and Sean King filling in for Mitch and Polly. Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at Circa, joining us in studio for the rest of the show. Um, we've talked, you know, a good bit of NFL so far. So let's turn our attention to college football. Uh, and one thing I was actually pretty interested in was with regards to all of these, the COVID-19 news, the game with Texas A&M in the Gator Bowl, they weren't able to play. So Wake Forest was left without an opponent. And now right away, like things happen fast. Rutgers, who has five wins this year, is going to fill that spot. Were you surprised how quickly they moved on this? I'm surprised that the teams they're asking to to play when everyone's gone home. Yeah. I mean, they were out. at home. Yeah. (laughs) These teams were out. They left. School's out. School's done. Finals are done. Everybody left. Now you got to put a game plan together, get everybody back to campus, practice for a game. I mean, I know they looked at Rutgers, Illinois. They talk about Marshall playing again on another game. I mean, crazy here. You brought up a great point off here about why don't they wait and see if there's another situation and then match up the two teams without an opponent. That's what you would think, right? (laughs) Given, I I know the Texas A&M had a unique situation Mm -hmm. because it was COVID and injuries, kind of a mixture of the two. But generally speaking, if we're seeing all of these postponements uh, this past week in the NFL, you have these concerns with college football, um, who was a UTSA the other day Mm -hmm. with 20 players having issues. If you think that that's a possibility and we still have a couple weeks here, why not just wait to see if another Mm -hmm team is going to need a match then the bowls are going to argue about who's uh who who which bowl gets to play like if one team went out the next day which bowl gets the game and which bowl gets the the you know the cancellation i guess you'd wait to the last one and see what would happen i guess wake forest was probably like we need this payout still so we need to find a partner because that was part of it was that no teams were going to get paid if they didn't play what happens if this this runs through all through alabama here is there any chance alabama forfeits a national semifinal? i don't think so so, but that's <sighs> this whole thing um, with the new CFP requirements coming out with COVID stuff is a terrifying thought. Sean was kind of joking off camera, or y'all no, I think he said it y'all, on. Y'all continue talking. I'm doing the Lord's work over here. Oh, excuse me, he's tweeting. <laughs> I'm handling trolls on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> but to be honest, Don't be mean I mean, how, how likely is it that <laughs> Greg Schiano and Rutgers were still practicing, even though they didn't have a bowl game? <laughs> That's what you look for is, okay, what coach is probably cheating and uh, <laughs> think getting twice their about extra it. spring ball Remember, in. this is a guy that went to the NFL and taught his defensive line to submarine the victory formation. Mm. Never forget that. Mm. 
I was just laughing about your comment, though, with Cincinnati. What a way for Cincinnati to win the national championship. Everybody <laughs> has to forfeit. But that's what's a crazy thing. Cause let's say the one of the semifinals, neither team, you know, COVID runs through both of them. Whoever wins the other semifinal is your champion, your national champion. Well, you know what they UCF ha- this thing up. You know what they have is they have uh, more than a week between the games, right? And and they have a few days to play around with it. And they don't have anything pressing on the back end of it that they're these games are going to get played in my mind, right? Yeah. They'll I, manipulate the schedule. I think they will too, but I thought it was weird that they're saying the last potential end day for the national championship would be January 14th no matter what. Why? I don't know. Yeah, I think what's working in their favor, too, is because the outbreak happened in the NFL. Now they have time to plan. Mm-hmm. I was reading that now Nick Get and the guys are going all the way back to early COVID procedures as far as masks on everyone and, you know, really, you know, segregating themselves. Because what happens a lot of times during bowl practices, alums, former players, you know, coaches without jobs. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's coming around now because people are looking for different things. Some want access, some want relationships to try and find new employment. So a lot of times you get a lot of outsiders mm-hmm. that are kind of hanging around. So you'll, they'll, they'll eliminate that. They'll go into isolation. They'll keep it as tight as they can, you know, so hopefully the exposure is minimized. You know, plus kind of college mimics the NFL a lot of times. Now that they're not going to test as randomly, guys that are vaccinated, I'm sure the college programs, the protocols will, will, will follow suit very soon. Because the last thing they want is to miss out on the revenue that comes with, first of all, actually playing mm-hmm. the college football semifinal games and ultimately all of the things that lead up to the national title game. Which semifinal, if any, do you think will be the most interesting or have the biggest upset? Well, I, I give Michigan a shot to beat Georgia because they can run the football, right? And look, they didn't, you know, they beat Ohio State and they beat Ohio State convincingly winning at the line of scrimmage, right? Their defensive line beat up the Ohio State offensive line and their offensive line made holes and they would continue to run the football against them. I don't think weather was really that big of a factor in the game. Michigan played the better game there. So I think you can get down in the trenches and play with Georgia. Look, Georgia's offense is not dynamic, right? I mean, they, they, they can run the ball, but when they get behind, you saw that against Alabama. When they get two score down, they're in big trouble. They're a front-running team all year, rolling teams up. So I don't think Cincinnati can hang with Alabama. I just, I mean, it's a great story. It was great I for me. I would love them too. But... I hit my bet at 14-1. to 1. They made. I'm sure it makes you happy that a group of five team makes the playoff finally. You had an undefeated Tulane team that didn't get a sniff at the BCS, the top ten team. So Yeah, which I told Coach Fulmer when we had him uh, in studio on nightcap that we would have spanked that butt. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't agree. <laughs> but uh, I do think Cincinnati is in this game in the fourth quarter. I think Mechie being out is significant because of the quality of Cincinnati's corners. Amont Gartner's a first-round pick. They're going to match him up with Jamison Williams. Sauce, Ahmad Garner. Yeah, that front that. seven is really good. And if you don't believe me, go back and rewatch Georgia Cincy in the bowl game last year, a game that ended 24-21 Georgia. That game alone gives Cincy the confidence that they belong. So they're going to walk into this game not just – feeling like, okay, we want to compete. They're going to walk into that game feeling like we can win. Now, the ultimate chess piece in this entire game is Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter has first-round talent. Mm -hmm. He generally plays with fourth-round consistency. But on his good days, he's really elite because he's athletic, he's big, has a big-time arm. He's got to play the game of his life. But in the first half against Georgia last year, he did. If he does that, this is a fourth-quarter game. 
They were up two scores with six minutes to go in that game. They let that game get away they from did. them. They had Georgia beat. I know I've heard you talk about Ritter throughout the year and his and, body language yes. and leadership skills. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go back to to that second quarter against against Indiana. They hadn't gotten a first down yet, and they got a roughing the passer penalty. They were down to – they were in dead and, trouble. And yep. I think they were losing that game without Absolutely. that. They were going to have to punt again mm-hmm. down by 14. And he turned it on. <laughs> yep. It's weird, and it's frustrating as a former coach when you have a kid that talented. But I said what I said. I know people within the school. I know that it actually got to them, and it changed because your energy matters. Like if your mindset, if you come to work every day at VEASAN and you're like, I'm in a rut, mm-hmm. I'm losing every bet, and you have no confidence in your presentation. But if you convince yourself that, okay, my, the way that I'm getting to my opinions is correct, mm-hmm. the process I'm using, then you understand that you're going to lose some games, but you're still confident in how you're – you're picking, and it's the same way in football. And that game alone makes us a fourth quarter game. Now, I don't think they can win it, but, but it's not like because the of like the plus them. It's because of the guy on the other side. Because without Bryce Young, Alabama's a four-loss team this year. Yeah, and he's proven time and time again that late in games he can make the plays even when the other team does everything right. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, who you mentioned, Kobe Bryant, they need to be able to have success in that secondary against him for sure. Um, I think for Cincinnati, so I was a little bit disappointed. I covered Cincinnati at Navy earlier Mm -hmm. this year for ESPN, and I had heard, you know, all these things, and you see on TV all these things about Desmond Ritter and the way he carries and leads this team, and he was so frustrated. And that game came down to the final possession, and it was, I want to see the Desmond Ritter everybody talks about. Um, and Luke Fickle always says his little mantra or whatever for the team is that it's not the best team that wins. It's the team that plays the best. And yeah. so we'll see how Cincinnati ultimately does. Plus 13 and a half based on your thoughts. I love you like I love them to cover and I love Michigan to win outright. Ooh. I think Ooh. Michigan is Ooh. playing the most complete game of uh, brand of football of any of the four teams. Offense, defense and special teams. I've said this for about a month and a half now. This is Harbaugh's last couple games potentially at Michigan because I think he's going to be the next head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. That's what I was going to say. We do a little segment sometimes called Hot Take Tuesday, and that was Sean's hot hot take. take. So, uh, I mean. Brent Musburger, I asked him about that, by the way. He said he loved that take. mm -hmm. He would love for that to happen. Absolutely. You think he did what he came to Michigan to do, what he had never done up until this year, which is beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten. He knows in this new environment that it's going to be very, very hard at Michigan to compete with Alabama Ohio State in these programs because of the NIL component now. And that really hasn't been Michigan's mantra. So he knows. He's in the living rooms trying to get the Jamison Williams and the Bryce Young. And he knows that brand isn't quite on the level of Bama. And now you add Lincoln Riley to USC. That's a, a, a very difficult field to navigate. We're just inside his his division. I mean, we talk about the SEC West, but this Big Ten East are signing these coaches. You, you know what I mean? This is a, competitive. Could the Raiders afford him, though? At least, with, <laughs> at least with Harbaugh, you know he's been there and done that. It's not like Urban transitioning yeah. from right. never been a pro coach before. Lord knows I miss him with And Gruden was fired with cause. Yeah. yeah, he was. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, man, Herb. We're going to wrap things up on Follow the Money on the other side. Give you a little last-minute preview of Thursday Night Football. Coming up, Mike Palm staying with us to wish a Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a good morning. Good. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. 
three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The Sports Betting Network. Now here are top horse racing plays from Express Bet Editor-in-Chief Jeremy Plonk at Gulfstream Park in race six. Jeremy likes number two holding court at 4-1 on the morning line and at Tampa Bay Downs in race seven. Jeremy has number 10 right him on top at the juicy 10-1 price. Sign up with one with one ST first bet using codes Vegas1000 for an instant $10 free plus up to $1,000 in bonus cash. Go to vcin.com slash horses for details. That's vcin.com slash 
horses. Wrapping things up here on Follow the Money, Sean King, Stormy Tony, host of Odds On and VP of Operations here at Circus Works with Micah Palm with you. And uh, we have... Obviously, big Thursday night football matchup coming up tonight. Week 16, kicking things off. 49ers in Tennessee taking on the Titans as three-point favorites. Uh, Titans trying to hold on to that top spot in the AFC South. But San Francisco has been surging, Mike. Uh, won five of their last six games. Yeah, nobody really wants to play the 49ers right now, especially in a wild-card game. But Tennessee's a tough place to play. You know, good teams go into Tennessee. Buffalo's done it twice in a row, right? Last year on that odd Tuesday night game, and then this year, and, and, and had struggles. Vrabel's a really good head coach. I know we heard Jaws, who's terrific, earlier on the show say they played dumb football. When you turn it over three consecutive times, I was shocked. I thought they were in full control of that game at Heinz. 13 to nothing, but somehow I give Mike Tomlin credit. He just he, he will not have a losing season. I mean, this guy <laughs> finds ways to win, even when he's outmanned on both sides of the ball. This is tough for me. I don't want to lay a field goal on the road here. Maybe it's an in-game opportunity if you see that the, the 49ers line is opening holes and they're able to run the football. Now, Atlanta in short-yarded situations like we could not run the football against this 49er front seven. Maybe Tennessee has trouble moving the ball as well, and there you can take advantage of it. For, but to me, i got to wait and see a few series in this games before I get involved. Fal- what was Falcons the, just had 62 yards on the ground. What was the guy's name that had the horse, ra- in, horse racing selections? Plonk. Yeah, Plonk. Jeremy Plonk. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm going to do, because I've been thinking about this since I saw that. I'm going to take $100, and I'm going to bet the two in the six race at Gulfstream. And if he wins, I'll have 500 And I'm going to put the whole 500 on the 10 in the seventh race at Tempe Downs, and I'll have 5500 and then we'll put that on the 49ers minus three and see if we could pay for some of these expensive behind gifts I had to buy my kids. Uh, <laughs> genius. You got a lot of shopping to do, right? That'd how many be, kids? How many kids? Four. Oh my! That be a matter of fact. Can I send a birthday shout out <laughs> to my oldest son, little Sean, Sean Earl King Jr. Turned seven years old yesterday. My little boy is growing up. So my two oldest are girls. My two youngest are boys. But that would be great, right? If he's right, and we're right about the 49ers, a hundred to basically yeah. ten thousand in one day would be a pretty productive day. You can pay for all those iPads now. There you go. Uh, a couple of betting trends. I'll give you a percentage. Okay. Because you read. Because I'm here. Yeah, yeah I read it. Read. I gave you the insight. Yeah. Punk pick. You got to take care of your people. You know what I mean? <laughs> a couple of interesting trends. And who doesn't love trends that kind of combat each other a little bit? So San Francisco, 5-1 and one straight up their last six games, as well as against the spread. Titans, meanwhile, 5-2 and two against the number in their last seven as an underdog. So... Just some fun things there uh, looking ahead. There are also some prop picks that we got into earlier in the show that I am a huge fan of, particularly Ryan Tannehill under his passing yards prop. I've seen that number at 215 and a half. A girl can dream. It gets a little bit higher. Oh, I see it at 217 and a half. Oh, we're already climbing. That's what mama <laughs> likes. Only had 153 yards last week. Only gone over that number once in his last six games. That was against the Texans, mind you. Uh, 49ers defense as a whole, only allowing 215 yards uh, through the air on average. And last, their last in the NFL over the last handful of games in explosive plays. So I like Tannehill to go under that number. Any props that stood out to either one of you guys? Uh, you mentioned the one that you liked. Uh, Kittle? No. Or uh, touchdowns? Foreman under the yes. 46 and a half rushing yards for that game. 
I think that could be an interesting one. Um, I think the popular play is going to go over on that number for most people. So I think that's a number that could climb as well. Everybody's going to be like, oh, he rushed for 100 yards last week. Yeah, but it was against the Steelers who were terrible run defense, really bad. And he got hurt at the end of the game. So he's working his way back from a little bit of an injury. 49ers defense is pretty stout. I'll be honest with you. I don't get involved in a lot of player props. Me either. I like betting like alternate totals, alternate right. point spreads, and trying to get plus numbers. I just don't. Yeah. I know, and people that come up through fantasy really focus on that stuff and are, are much more knowledgeable than I am. So I don't think I have any edge there. So I pass. But I'm surrounded by all these rich guys all the time and all little fancy cigar lounge where we smoke <laughs> these high end, overpriced uh, sticks. And they're always talking about diversifying your portfolio. So now that I'm in this space, I've been more open to at least researching the player props and the different nuances that have kind of, as you mentioned, started fantasy football centric and have turned into more of a, a gambling opportunity because the majority of the people actually tracking how many yards or catches or touchdowns of a particular individual player had is relatively new, if I'm not mistaken, correct to this space? Yeah, the, the expansion of props is definitely used to be a Super Bowl thing, right? That's the only time you would offer all these props. And now you see it on almost every primetime game. Places in the East, I mean, you have in-game props, right? I mean, the players' rushing yards move as the game goes on. I mean, that's like unheard of here in Nevada. That's that's a, that's a Christmas Day. For but I'm going to roll with my dog. I'm rolling with this Ryan Tannehill under it's 217 good. yards. She trusted me good vibes. the other night when I pucked Stradamus. In a week where we didn't have a lot of hockey, gave her uh, over in the Lightning Knights mm. game, yes. and it cashed three over three into the second yeah. period in a five and a half game. Beautiful. So she could stop watching and go to dinner. So I'm gonna roll with Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> you did rub it in a little bit that the VGK got the bad end of that. His Tampa Bay roots, maybe. Ugh, come on. Well, I mean, we're two time. Who, who back you, to back? It defending. is what it is. Stormy, who are you riding with? You riding with Andre Vasilevsky or Laurent Brosson? Uh, <laughs> Come on. One sounds Stop. like a breakfast sandwich. The other one sounds hey. like an MVP goalie. Hey. Some injuries to be aware of in this Thursday night football game. If you could be serious for a minute, My please. Bad, I apologize. I'm sorry. Uh, for the 49ers, running back Elijah Mitchell is not going to go tonight. So expect Debo Samuel and Jeff Wilson Jr. to do some work. Wilson uh, went over 100 yards last game. Uh, meanwhile, for the Titans, wide receiver AJ Brown expected to play. Mike Vrabel said Julio Jones, though, will probably be a game time decision. Uh, news a little bit less positive up front for the Titans. Their left guard, Roger Saffold, uh, placed on the reserve COVID list and Taylor Lewan at left tackle out with a back injury. So that whole left side of the offensive line not going to be there to protect Ryan Tannehill. And uh, as we wrap things up here on Follow the Money today, I know we have a very special Christmas message from Mike Palm. We are now just a few days from Christmas and many of us are preparing to celebrate that birth of birth that happened over 2,000 years ago in an occupied Middle Eastern country. Ideally, the birth of any child is a product or manifestation of love. A baby should be loved into life, irrespective of the parents or circumstances. Birth is full of wonder. People can easily become captivated, staring into the face of the newborn. Such joy, such a miracle. But preparing for Christmas can be overwhelming. The decorating, card sending, Christmas plays and office parties, the ordering and shipping and shopping. Add to that the problems we face as a society, rampant inflation, supply chain shortages, stock market gyrations, new vaccine mandates, water shortages, riots, arson, mass shootings, smash and grab robberies, political dissent. And now a new rapidly spreading strain of this virus. How do we keep ourselves safe? 
How do we keep our children safe? And for many of us, the most important question, how do we keep our elderly parents safe? That sense of being overwhelmed can easily turn into a sense of desperation or even defeat. So let's not forget the words of Luke. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Do not be afraid. This isn't the first time we have heard this message. These words were spoken to Zechariah, to Joseph, to Mary, and to the shepherds. They were even spoken by the Lord himself to the first witnesses of the resurrection. They are the words which signify God's deepest message of love and care toward us. Rather than wringing our hands over the worrisome state of our nation and world, we should celebrate instead. A tiny baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a Bethlehem manger, continues to overcome hate with love, evil with sacrifice, and wrong with right. On behalf of Brian Musburger, Bill Aidey, Brian Rogers, and John Goulet, as well as Derek and Greg Stephen, all of our families to your families, we wish you a joyous and blessed Christmas. One of the most glorious messes in the world is the mess created in the living room on Christmas Day. Don't clean it up too quickly. Aww. I have chills, Mike. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That was great. It's become a little bit of a tradition with Paulie and, and Mitch on Christmas. Two years ago, it was Christmas is not just for Christians. Last year, it was a Charlie Brown Christmas. I love it. Thank well, you. we appreciate you sharing that with us today um, while Mitch and Polly are out still. Uh, make sure everybody you check out Mike Palm later on this afternoon with Wes Reynolds on Odds On. Noah Amal Shaw, he's taking the, the day off. Well-deserved. Um, that's going to do it for Sean King and I as well, fit, filling in for Mitch and Polly. Tomorrow, we'll be back here. Tim Murray, your best friend on the nightcap will be joining me here in studio uh, and keep it locked on VSIN all day long. Bet River Sports. Bet River Sports. Bet River Sports. Hey Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.